So let's go ahead and jump into this and um, run through this right quick. Um, I'm kind of doing it in a more of an orderly fashion. We're going to talk about the resume of the devil and how it equates to sickness and disease. We'll start doing some testimonies on this weekend. There's a lot of testimonies that are dropping down, dropping down, and uh, it's just amazing stuff. So Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 through 9, there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle, and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, number one, the ancient serpent, number two, called the devil, number three, or Satan, number four, the one that deceives the whole world, number five, was thrown down to the earth with all of his angels. So if you want to know where demons came from, they once were in heaven. There was a war in heaven. They tried to bring a rebellion against God, and they got kicked out. Bible makes it clear that they're going to bring one more rebellion right before the end of this age. They're going to make one fail, one more failed attempt to try to bring all their strength against heaven. One of the reasons why they will do this is because this gets over into a deeper thing. Um, the same way that God needs your faith in order to do a miracle is the same way that the dark side needs your fear to be empowered. It is your fear that gives them more power. It is your sin that empowers them. It is the blood of the innocent children that is, is empowering them. And so this is going to seem strange, but what's going on is Satan is using all of the energy from sin, all of the energy from fear, all of the energy for depression, and all of the energy from... Um, all of that and bloodshed and it's making him stronger and so and once they think they're at full strength they're going to say now we're stronger this time than we were last time let's try this again and the Bible says they're going to get smacked down again but then it says this time when they get smacked down the angel says we feel sorry for those that are on the planet when, him, when he gets smacked down this time because now he's coming down there in full rage because he, now he knows his time is short but either way that's where they came from they became fallen angels they were disconnected from the presence of God, and as a result of that, they have become very horrific creatures. Luke 10, 18 is where Jesus said, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. So he said, yes. I saw Satan. I was there when we kicked him out. Matter of fact, I was the one who dropped, kicked him in his throat. He fell to earth like lightning. He said, and I give you power over all of them, power and authority over all of them. And he said, when you can cast them out and manhandle them and destroy them, it's not even something to smile about. He said, that's just normal. He said, but be happy that your names are registered in heaven. 1 John 3, 8, but the one who indulges in a sinful life is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God was revealed was to undo and destroy the works of the devil. That's the main, Jesus, main reason why Jesus came to reverse what the devil did. Luke 8, 1 through 3, soon afterward, just give me a moment. Oh, okay. 
Soon afterward, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns in Luke chapter 8, verse 1, and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his 12 disciples with him. And the scripture wanted you to know this. It says, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons, which lets you know that more than one can be in a person. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's business manager, Susanna, who was a rich woman back then, and many others were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. Okay? And so you see this pattern here when you study the scripture carefully. You see this pattern where Jesus casted out demons every day. The disciples did it every day. The scripture wanted you to know that this team of people that followed Jesus, his, his group, his entourage, his ministerial staff, his team, were consisted of individuals who he had casted demons out of, and one of them he had to cast seven out of. This is in here this way to let you know that the demonic presence would be infused in everything and you would have to deal with them. And so the question, though, is, is that where are they at? And so demons have not disappeared. Men simply do not know how to make them appear to be dealt with. There has to be a presence of God. You'll see things that happen where Jesus was just ministering and they couldn't take the level of the word. And then they would be interrupting him like a gentleman did last week. You see other times where the presence of God comes in so strong and they just can't take the light in the presence of God. There are things that you can do. Whenever you preach on it, there will generally start being some manifestations. When I preach demonology, how many you know? We cast out more demons during the demonology series than we had almost in all six, seven years. Because the, the Bible says the Lord adds signs to the word that you're preaching. Okay? So I just want to show you a couple of things because um, the... It's unfortunate that by and large, the church has made it seem like they went into retirement. Uh, no, these are just psychological problems. And, and you know, and let me say something for a moment. If you need help, when the person tries to help you, stop disagreeing with the help. I am blown away at people, particularly pastors. They call and they say, um, I'm dead. You alive. You get results. I don't. You increasing. I didn't decrease. I need you to help me. And as soon as I get ready to start helping them, they start telling me, well, I don't believe that. Yeah, that's why you own zero. It's like your car is broken. You take it to the mechanic when he tells you what the problem is. Well, I don't agree with that. Well, you're welcome to catch the bus home then. I, just, I don't. But see, but see, the thing is, is that some the, the men that have to learn in these last days, you got to get rid of this. I'm, I'm probably saying this because there's probably a pastor listening. And if you are, you have to get rid of your doctrine. The problem with pastors is they follow denomination instead of God. Your denomination will not let you go outside of what they believe. Even though you read it in the Bible, your denomination does not allow you to believe what Jesus said. I am appalled and I am disgusted at the fact that Jesus said to do it this way and then they come up with another way like Jesus does not know what he is talking about. Y'all roll with that. I'm not going to roll with that. Okay. So John 13, 27. When Judas, has eaten, Judas had eaten the bread, Satan entered him. And then Jesus said, hurry up and, and do what you're getting ready to do. And nobody else at the table knew what Jesus meant. 
So this proves here that demonic creatures can enter a person. Next one, 1 Samuel 16, 23. And whenever the tormenting spirit from God troubled Saul, David would play the harp. Then Saul would feel better and the tormenting spirit would go away. So this proves then that a demonic creature can be behind your torment. You just, you just frustrated and just feel like it's just something dealing with, and it's a demonic spirit trying to make you crazy. Okay? And then let me add this since I'm on this. I'm keeping it nice and tight today. I told them I'll stay up here instead of coming on the floor. I get closer and come on the floor, there's a special anointing, and you, you step, it's like stepping into a pool. Y'all, quit falling off the wagon because this little gay boy rapper did some gym shoes. God doesn't, even, God doesn't even pay attention to that type of stuff. God ain't like, oh, do you see what he did? Uh, yeah. See, see. Let me, I hate to say this. You know why Christians are so moved by that? Because they don't cast out demons. So any little thing like that scares y'all. But when you cast out demons like we do, you, you, that, please, let me tell you something. It's a gay rapper. And he came on with some gym shoes. Nike has since said, we ain't got nothing to do with that fool. <laughs> Nike just came out and said, no, that's a side company that makes Nikes without our permission. So he came out with a shoe. What is the shoe called? Uh, oh, Satan shoes. So it's Satan shoes, and, 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 and they're only selling 666 pairs for $1,000. And the shoe has um, um, the scripture on it about Satan falling from heaven. Um, he didn't know, apparently he didn't know that it meant that Satan was kicked out. He thought it meant that he flew down. No, he got drop kicked out, so they messed that one up. And they put a drop of blood in the sole of the shoe. And then there's a video attached to it of him coming down the stripper pole and giving Satan a lap dance. Everybody on social media, ah, ah, ah. just stop. You're not even living right. You just want something to talk about. People that live right, they don't even pay attention to stuff like that. You know why? I would be appalled if he didn't do something like that. You know why? He's a sinner. That's what sinners are supposed to do. When you're a sinner, you're supposed to have an alternative lifestyle. When you're a sinner, you're supposed to come down a strip pole and do a lap dance for Satan and come out with some gym shoes and sell 666 pairs of them and put some drugs. When you're a sinner, that's what you're supposed to do. Why are you surprised that sinners do stuff like that? I would be appalled if he did something else. What's appalling is the Christians that's doing that type of stuff. That's what's strange. So, me personally, I think he should take it higher. That's what you're supposed to do when you're a sinner. You're supposed to sin. You're supposed to operate in perversion. You're supposed to act a complete fool. So, I saw it. I was like, oh, well, there it is. Going, I'm moving on. Y'all looking up articles. Uh, this is a sign of the times. No, there's a whole lot of more other things going on besides a little rapper who came out with a shoe illegally and Nike is distancing himself from them. So, again, be my guess. And then they said, then somebody said, they, they said, well, how would you get a shoe knowing that the Bible says that Satan is under your feet? So, it's just... But you know what? These, the churches, they don't have any manifestation. So something like that moves them. They think, oh, this is something to talk about. No, that's not even worth a speck of dust. If you want to buy the 666 shoes, go on and buy the shoes. Okay. Maybe I should buy a pair just to keep Satan. 
just be stepping on him every single day. Y'all like, no, don't do it, don't do it. Y'all don't do it. Whatever. I'll do it. I'll do it. I think I feel like walking on Satan today. I think I feel like walking on Satan. I'm going to put these shoes on. <laughs> Quit letting us. You know what? You know what Jesus said? He said, none of these things move me. None of these things. It's just, I'm just chill all the way around. Okay? Be excited about what Jesus said to be excited about. You know what he said to be excited about? He said, what you should be happy about is that your names are registered in heaven. That's what you should be happy about. Okay? But according to that scripture, a tormenting spirit can, can torment your mind, and you just can't break that thing. Okay? <clears throat> Second Timothy 2.24, a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be kind to everyone. That can be hard sometimes. But and be able to teach, be patient with difficult people, gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts, and they'll learn the truth. Then they'll come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. So this is a scripture that lets you know that the devil can entrap you into something. Ephesians 6.16. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fairy arrows, arrows of the devil. This lets you know that the enemy can shoot at you. Luke 4, 1 through 2, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. So this lets you know that the devil can tempt you. I'm trying to help you understand something, is that the individual that people say has disappeared, the Scripture says, is in every single aspect of your life and in your mind all day. John 13, 2, it was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon, Iscariot, to betray Jesus. So, this scripture proves that the Satan can prompt you to do something. Any of you ever did something, and, you, and after it was over, like, you felt bad, like, why in the world would I do something like that? Any, other, any of you ever said something, and after you said it, you're like, why in the world would I ever, why, why would I ever, that's not even my character. Absolutely right. It's not your character. You were prompted by an invisible creature to say that. That's why you have to be careful, particularly ladies. You have to be careful when you get in a disagreement with someone, particularly your husband, because women, when they get in a disagreement, they tend to talk four times as fast. And what happens is you just, you just flow on what, what's coming in your mind, and next thing you know, you said something. Okay? And you have to be very, very careful. You have to slow down. And think about what you're going to say. How many have been in a situation where you were battling with keeping your mouth closed versus what was right here and trying to come out? When you're in that battle, know there's an invisible creature next to you trying to prompt you to say it. Prompt you. It becomes a war for you to keep your mouth closed. And, and they convince you, if you just say it, you'll feel better. Yeah, but if you say it, it'll make matters worse. And you won't be able to do it unless you can get over this one thing. Quit worrying about winning. That's the reason why some people can't walk away from a debate. That's the reason why they can't stop talking. They have to win. I don't have to win. That's one of the powerful things that I walk in is I don't have to win because I don't care. I already won. I don't have to win. So if you disagree with me and I know you're wrong, I won't argue with you. I don't feel, I don't have to win the argument because I know given time, it'll pop up. And see, when you're patient, then 
your rightness will show up if you're patient. But if you're impatient, you know, that's how it is. So they can prompt you. Ephesians 6.11, put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. So this lets you know they're always strategizing against you. Now let me say something. You need to think about this for a moment. Because every single last one of you has at least one creature that is assigned to you to keep you in the dumps. And you have to ask yourself, what type of strategies are they using against you when in all of the universe you are their only assignment? And they're watching you. They're watching your patterns. They're watching, you don't have a love walk, so we're going to set up this scenario. This person is impatient, so we're going to set up this scenario. This, uh, this individual right here, and, and the strategy is this. First, get them out the word and make sure they don't spend enough time in prayer because that will weaken them. Then, not only will that weaken them, but everyone has a weakness that you need to grow and strengthen yourself in. Would you agree? So what they do is they weaken you first by keeping you away from the proper food. Then they work on a scenario by which your weakness will be exposed. Then when you fall prey to your weakness, then they come in and condemn you because you keep falling over and over again for your weakness when it was actually all three of them working behind the scenes strategizing against you. And people don't believe that. You don't have to believe it. When you believe it and you carry yourself accordingly, that's when you'll have victory over Satan. His victory over you is you thinking that he is not after you. You are not that important where he will ignore you. <laughs> Ephesians 2.2. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world. Obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. as a whole separate teaching. Let's you know he is the commander of unseen powers <laughs> of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. So based on this scripture, any person who doesn't believe, it is because Satan is at work in their heart, period. Now you can have a whole bunch of other sub-reasons and a bunch of side reasons, but the ultimate root reason why a person is not a Christian and not following Christ, it is because there is a devil at work in their heart to keep them in the arena of unbelief and drag them to hell and get their reward. As simple as that. I was offended. Simple as that. There's another way to heaven. As simple as that. It's another way to heaven because that devil convinced you there's another way to heaven so that you don't have to accept the only way to heaven. Isaiah 61. Three, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness. So here's a scripture that says demonic creatures can be behind making you depression, making you depressed. Okay. Um, they're very much behind that. We call it depression in this modern age. The scripture calls it the spirit of heaviness. When it lights on you, it makes you feel heavy. That's why you, when people are depressed, even, even the lips start drooping, that type of stuff. It's hunched over, and they walk in, and they, <sighs> and you have to make sure that you don't become a person that perpetually sets the stage for that by the words of your mouth. That's why I tell people, quit saying you're tired all the time. You're supposed to be tired. It's called hard work. Some people wake up tired. You know what I'm saying? 
What are you doing all day that you just tired, tired? Hey, I'm out. It seemed like the old people got energy, and the young people, they just tired. They just tired, tired, tired. You don't know what real, never mind. We'll show you tired. But, you know, tired is relative, I guess. 2 Timothy 1.7, God will never give you the spirit of fear. This is the spirit that can make you afraid. Let me tell you something. If you deal with a spirit of fear, you can become afraid. But it's twice that I've had to deal with an army of fear. When you deal with that, you got to know God. With that, you can't be afraid to die. Has been around my house twice. It just happened again recently, about a month ago. And with that, you can tell it because the air feels like fear. You can feel it. You can just feel it. Your, 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 your hairs tingle. Um, you get a visitation from the dark side and to, to intimidate. And, and you can feel the fear, but you're not. For me, I can feel it, but I'm not afraid. But, and it's hard to explain. It's hard to explain. I, I, it's maybe it's like being able to tolerate praying. It's very hard to explain because they are spirits of fear. When they come into your presence, you can feel the fear that they project, but you're not afraid. It's hard to explain. You understand what I'm saying? Either way, they can be behind that. And really, one of the ways that you have to overcome that is, I'm going to just have to die then. You have to sit in their mouth. Okay? I'm not afraid. Because if I die, I'm just going to heaven. It is the, the Bible says it's the fear of death that keeps you in bondage. That's all it is. It's the fear of death that keeps you in bondage. It's the fear of death that keeps you in bondage. When you are no longer afraid to die, you will look at Satan and say, shoot. How many bold folk do I got in here? 1 Thessalonians 2.18. Wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once again, but Satan hindered us. I'm showing you all of their abilities. And so the reason why the church is not advancing at them is because you don't even trust in their abilities. You got to fight against these fools with all of the weapons of warfare. And if you don't engage them every day with spiritual weapons, prayer, word time, confession, the blood of Jesus Christ, the anointing oil, bucking up against them, they working on you every, every single day. And then when you get in the bottom of the hole, here you come to about, I need prayer. No, you should have dropped, kicked him in the teeth two months ago. That should be your exercise regimen. Every morning, just drop kicking the devil in the teeth. Okay, so they can hinder you. They can hinder you. How many of you have had days? It just seemed like nothing goes right. You keep blaming it on the fact that you didn't have any coffee this morning. See, and that's what they want you to believe. No, you got something hindering you. Because if I can't get you to sin, at least maybe I can frustrate you. If I can't frustrate you, maybe I can hinder you. And one of the main ways they hinder you is by bringing other people into your life. Because I can't get you to cooperate with me. But maybe I can get your sister to cooperate with me. And since I can get your sister to cooperate with me, then I can get her and prompt her to bring you some frustration from your sister or your brother or your uncle or your supervisor or your next door neighbor. I got one of them. Oh, frustration. Hindrance. Hindrance. Working on the project. Can't seem, 
can seem like, why is it I can't get this done? Why does it seem like I, I start this, thought it was going to take five minutes, now it took an hour. So they can hinder you. This is a lot of stuff that they can do. You need to be on point. It don't matter how many stuff, how much stuff that they can do, how many know what Jesus can do is a whole lot greater than what he can do. So they are involved in the corruption of every aspect of society, including the church. When I tell you they are interwoven into everything, period. They try to mess with your dreams. They try to mess with your word time. They try to mess with your, how many know, particularly when you're praying in tongues. Excuse me, until you've actually got into that, how many know, it's some goofy stuff that runs through your mind. When you read Luke chapter 4, it was some goofy stuff running through Jesus' mind. The Bible says Jesus was tempted in all points, just like we are, yet without sin. In other words, there is no man or woman in planted earth that has had something run through their mind that didn't run through Jesus. They're there. I mean, we, we, one of the things we don't understand is the restlessness of the dark side, as well as the kingdom of God. They don't sleep. They don't slumber. They don't go on vacation. They don't take a break. You know, they, they, they don't sit around. They're, just, they're, they're on 100% at all times. That is the power of the spiritual realm is everybody is on 100%. No one sleeps. No one naps. No one slubbers. No one takes a break. No one goes on vacation. No one goes on a sabbatical. No, it's just, it's just relentless at all times. Day in, day out. Day in, day out. Day in, day out. They're after you. They're after your personality. They're after your character. They're after your body. They're after your lifestyle. They're after your money. They're after your marriage. They're after your children. They're after your job. They're after your career. They're after your business. They're after your destiny. Just every day. If I can't get you here, we'll move here. If I can't get you on the top, I'm coming from the bottom. If I can't come from the bottom, I'm going to come from the top. If, I, if you block me off four different ways, we're going to invent something. We're going to do something. We're going to try to become sarcastic. We're going to cause you to become depressed. And then when you go on top of the depression, now you're afraid. When you're on top of the fear, now you got a bad attitude. You're on top of the bad attitude. Now you're in sin. Then you come out of sin and recognize the Lord has forgiven you. Now we're going to work on something. They don't take a break when God has forgiven you. They move on to the next thing in the next second. And if you don't know that about them, because these are just a few scriptures that are talking about all of the things that they're doing. They're surveying you. They're watching you. They're trying to make you afraid. They're trying to make you uh, uh, depressed. They're prompting you to do certain things. They're planting certain things in their mind. They're working devices against you. That's what's so clear. That's a very powerful passage to understand. The Satan does not have power over you. He has devices over you. That's why the Bible says don't be ignorant of his devices. You can have a car, no matter how powerful the car is, you put a boot on the tire and that powerful car is going nowhere. You gotta, and what's deep is, is the device is not more powerful than the car. It just has the ability to stop it. So they bring devices in your life. And then on top of this, they know that God, your heavenly father, respects spiritual law. So they're always trying to get you to break it, knowing that when you break it, God has to stop. And that's why you got to live this like every single moment is the last moment. That's the only way to truly overcome them perpetually is every day you got to be sold out to Christ. Every day you got to be adjusting the steering wheel as you drive down the road. How you drive this car on a perfectly straight road, you still got to adjust the steering wheel. Adjust the steering wheel. You'll get a promotion in ministry and then they say you're unqualified. I mean, it's just the list is just on and on. And it's only one of the main ways you have to ignore them is to ignore what runs through your mind. Because what runs through your mind is always, always going to be you're disqualified. You're not worthy. You're not this. You're not that. So they're involved in everything. 
They're waiting in your car. They're waiting for you at home. It's just when you wake up, okay, I'm just, when you talk about you go down and pull down the shades and do nothing stupid, I'm just saying that it's a, it's a realm within this one. You can't see this one, but they can see this one. You can't see that one, excuse me, and they can see this one. And, y'all, I'm trying to get, and you know what they are, let me tell you, you want to know one of the things that they are really, really good at, they are masters at, making you forget that it's them. Because they want you to think that it's you. They are masters at making you forget that it's them. Masters at that. Just when I say masters, they are, the Bible talks about they are masters of deception. Masters of deception. And so when you think that you have out, you think that you know everything, you see everything, that proves that you are deceived. Remember what Jesus said? He said, because you can see, that proves that you're blind. They are masters at that. Masters. But I want you to think about somebody. I mean, y'all, just for a second, okay, because we're near to close now. But just for a second, I want you to think about something. Think about what you would learn if you had a homework assignment and what you had to do was watch and study your next-door neighbor's dog for eight hours a day for a week. How many of you know? After a week of watching that dog, you can't watch anything else. You can't go to work. You can't watch TV. You can't spend time with your spouse. You can't read a book. You can't listen to the radio. Your only job is to sit there and watch that dog and see when he gets up, see when he goes to bed, see if he takes a nap during the day. How fast does he eat? What does he do when he walks around? Where does he go? When does he yawn? When does he sneeze? When does he go to the bathroom? How many times does he go to the bathroom? How many know that was your only responsibility for eight hours a day just for a week? You'd know some stuff about that dog. Imagine a being that's doing the same thing to you for your life since birth. And then his first assignment is make sure that you are the one that programs them to do the stuff and make sure that you never let them know that it's you. It's crazy. Luke eleven fourteen. So with all of that, it's very important. Since they are behind everything, they are also behind a lot of the sickness and disease that people deal with. Luke eleven fourteen. One day Jesus cast out a demon from a man who couldn't speak. And when the demon was gone, the man began to speak, and the crowds were amazed. Now was very now think about that. Science would have said there was something wrong with the throat, want to, want to reconstruct his, uh, his esophagus. But actually, it was a creature on the inside squeezing his esophagus. See, I can choke you from the outside, and you can still, still squeeze out a few words. But when a demon is involved, you can't say anything because he squeezes from within. So it lets you know they have the ability to cause people to be mute. Matthew 12, 22, then a demon-possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. He healed the man so he could both speak and see. This lets you know another thing. Not only can they prevent somebody from speaking, but they can also blind you. It also lets you know that they can do multiple things in the body at the same time. Now, we deal with this a lot in inner healing and deliverance or just raw deliverance. We deal with this quite a bit, quite a bit, where um, 
casting a demon out and he will blind the individual and they usually will freak out because they their eyes are open but they can't see it's because the creature in them has worked from within and blinded their eyes they just can't see and then of course we've we've seen it quite a bit also where casting a demon out and especially when we tell the person cooperate with us and tell it to come out or confess a sin or confess um, un unforgiveness and then what happened is uh, the, devil, the, the, the demon in them won't let them speak. They'll just go mute on you. And then sometimes they're like, and then you got to command the thing to let go of the throat. Let them speak. Okay. And then he'll let go. And then the person has ability. And sometimes it can be a bit of a struggle, but, but that's how they work within. And then let me tell you something. They'll hide on the inside of a body until they die. That's their reward. Jesus said, Demons consider human bodies their home. Is there anyone in this audience that would like to be homeless? And how many of you know, if there's one thing you will do is you'll fight more than anything to stay in a home because nobody wants to be on the street. So they fight tooth and nail to get in bodies and then will fight tooth and nail to stay in those bodies. When one of the sons of God comes with an eviction nose, eviction notice called the blood of Jesus and it's signed with Jesus name at the bottom and they will fight you to the nail and they'll tell you this is my home I ain't going nowhere this is my home this is my home I own them you know I'm gonna show y'all some footage here I just have to pick the right one because I don't know what to show y'all I'd have to do some serious camera manipulation so that the person is not uh and let me tell you something it's going to start happening in the services more and more and so, but when we, and, 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 and if it can be done quickly, we'll do it right down front. If not, we'll demonstrate it for a while and then we'll send them out so that the world can understand, but we'll face the person this way. You understand what I'm saying? We'll face the person this way and we'll keep them faced this way so that no one would be able to recognize because one of their family members in California. Is that Aunt Lucy? I knew she was crazy. I knew. People don't understand because they're ignorant. They know that there's some problems out here. You know, one of our, our Sunday, Sunday members, he had to go to uh, California over something because a family member passed. He said, they ain't showing y'all this on TV. He said, it is unreal. He said, it is obvious that Satan has taken over California. He said, it was unreal. Just like the border. Everybody want to go to the border, go to the border, and all of a sudden now, nobody wants us to go to the border. Lindsey Graham, Ted Cruz, and 17 other folk had to jump on their own airplane and go down there, and the first thing they say is, is oh, now we understand why y'all don't want the public to see this mess. But they way it's getting exposed more and more and more and more, but that's all right. There's some more stuff coming around. Oh, y'all ain't seen nothing yet. Oh, it's some shakeups. Let me tell you something. I started to say, I need to go listen to the recording on the prayer card this morning. Garnett shared a very, very powerful word this morning about the chessboard. Um, and I think, it's, I think this term is called a gambit. It's a show that my wife and I watched on Netflix called The Queen's Gambit. And, and how in a chess game, a master, a master chess player will make a move that seems wrong. But he's thinking about 15 moves later that you can't see. 
and he'll make that move to throw you off. And it seems like you're winning, and you don't know you make a mistake after mistake after mistake because the master just decided to throw you off in order to win. That's why the Bible says, had Satan known that this was what, behind, what was behind Jesus dying, it says he would have never in 10 billion years crucified your big brother, the son of glory, the son of light as the demons call him, Jesus, the anointed one, Christ. They would have become his bodyguards. This one right here, keep him alive. But it was a chess game. And the that's, why, that's why the Bible says, in everything give thanks. Why? It seems like you're going down. I'm just playing chess with the Satan. And, 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 and you the individual on the board. And he thinks he's getting ready to win over you. But I need you to give me thanks and, you, and give you praise. You don't have the ability to see 15 moves out. I always got to let this, that's one thing God loves to do to the devil, make it seem like he's going to win. So he pulls back because it's, it's almost like he tells the angels, hey, let's play with Satan mind today again. Let's pull back. You know, this fool always thinks he's going to win. He's going to try to attack the whole kingdom in the future. So let's just play with him again and let him get the point again. Let's pull back and let him actually think that he's going to take one of our children down. Let him think that they're going to keep him broke. Let them think that they're going to keep you down. And then right when he think he has won, we're going to pull the rug and then do another move. And, and, and that's your testimony from here on, here on out. You just say they ain't going to be able to do nothing with this place. He already hasn't been able to do nothing. What is he going to do now? He couldn't do nothing when we were lower. He couldn't stop us from getting where we are. How are you going to stop us and now we're into something else? Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 17, 14. At the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them. A man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Now, now number one, this proves that Satan can cause seizures. And a lot of the seizures are not anything except for it's the presence of an unclean spirit that the church does not believe in. And the reason why the child keeps having seizures and seizures and seizures and you keep taking them to the doctor, the doctor, the doctor and medication after medication and medication and it doesn't change is because you're going to be doing that for the rest of the child's life because it's an enemy that's playing with you. And you, I understand if you're nervous because you just don't want to accept that there is an invisible being from darkness on the inside of your precious child. But sometimes you got to face that. Because life is not fair, Satan is not fair, and thank God our Heavenly Father is not fair. That's just how it is. You got to face that. <clears throat> he has seizures and suffers terribly. I brought him to the disciples, but they couldn't do nothing with him. Now listen to Jesus' attitude behind people who won't deal with the devil. You, he talking to the disciples. You faithless and corrupt people. How long do I got to be with y'all low level folk? How long do I got to put up with y'all? Bring the boy to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon in the boy and it left him. And from that moment, the boy was well. So if you think Jesus is satisfied, 
with the church setting down this agenda talking about demons don't exist and it's just mind stuff and you just need to go talk to a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a counselor or a social worker if you think Jesus approves of that you are an idiot and a fool you're just scared and ignorant and that's two things that don't go together like bleach and ammonia and let me tell you something just like we did it's okay to be ignorant just don't be ignorant still it's okay to not know. Start asking God questions and learn. When we opened up this church, didn't know I was know this stuff. But in my heart, in my heart, I wanted it. In my heart, I wanted it. In my heart, I was questioning, why all of these churches out here and, 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 and hardly any of them do this? There is, y'all, that's wonderful that people are flying into Lionheart Church every single month in order to get inner healing and deliverance. That is not the will of God. Every church that's open is supposed to be doing the Bible, not doing what Lionheart Church is doing, doing the Bible. And if other churches were doing it, maybe we would be even further along because iron sharpens iron. But when you got to do it alone, your results are going to come slower because you are here by yourself fighting the devil and then fighting your own brothers and sisters who say the devil doesn't exist. So let's go to some idiot who's been to school who can just give you a medication. And the teacher's calling me every week. When I said the statement I said last Wednesday, there's a guy, he talked to me after service. He said, man, everything you're saying is true. He said, man, you can, he said, you can see the demons in the hallway when the kids walking down the hall. You can see them. I, there's some things going on in the schools I can't even tell y'all. the kids, no, I don't, I don't even want to tell an adult some of the stuff that's going on. I mean, this stuff is like worse than a horror movie. I can't say it across the pulpit. It'll put it in your mind, and it, it could make some people scared and freak them out when they go back out into the world. There's some stuff going on, y'all. Because when you leave the devil alone, he doesn't leave you alone. And that's a big, it's a big agenda right now is the church does not believe what Jesus said. She's scared. Ministry for her is have a pretty stage with fancy light and a wonderful color schemes. And that's it. And if that's what was it, then Jesus would have put on fancy clothes and brought them to a fancy temple. And he would have just simply got up and preached a nice sermon. But Jesus nor the disciples did that. What Jesus and the disciples did was chaos. It was messy. It was crappy sometimes. It was just insane. Up, down, side, just craziness at all times. Dealing with all type of drama every day while they kept on going up. Just like you going up. Let me tell y'all something. When I tell y'all we going up, there is nothing like, let me tell you something, another valuable lesson. You know, when that, when that thing entered on the inside of me, I knew, I knew. That's a, that's a weird thing for God to believe something about you that you don't believe. And because you don't believe it, the grace to become what your heavenly father knows you can be won't be in you. Because you won't believe it. Because it's impossible to please God without faith. And you can't do anything without faith. And that thing was so big, I just couldn't believe it. But when I got it, oh God. And already some things are starting happening to the members. Let me say something. Let me say this right now. You're gonna, this is beginning to happen more and more and more. Is that um, my spiritual dad across the seas will be more and more in your dreams. He'll be in your dreams. 
Okay, one girl had a dream. One girl had a dream, and Bishop Oyedipo was in her dream telling me how to mentor her. And he said, she's a little rough around the edges, but she has a heart for people, so you make sure you train her correctly. The dream wasn't about me. The Lord already knows about training people correctly. The dream was to help her understand how special she was. You got to get used to that. That's going to begin to happen more and more and more and more. Okay? So, I mean, I'm, I'm ready for anything. Yeah. Everything. Hallelujah. I was talking to a preacher. I was talking about Bishop Udipo. He's trying to rebuke me about Bishop Udipo. But you sitting up with two members. But see, let me tell you something though. It's easy to judge it when you ain't seen it. When you go over there and seen it, it shuts your mouth. You, yeah, yeah, I, I repent, Lord. Yes. Anybody that goes over there and judges that, God will never use you. And that's just, you just, you, you judge that incorrectly, something comes upon you. You are unqualified to do anything if you judge this, because I want all my churches to be this. What would the world be like? If all of the churches, all of them, what would the world be like if, if any sinner, every sinner knew all of the churches cast out demons, all of the churches got prophets, all of the churches can interpret dreams and visions, all of the churches lay hands on the sick and get people healed. What would happen if all of the churches like this? This lets you know just how out the will of God the body of Christ is. When Jesus, when, when Jesus wrote that scripture, that wasn't selective. All are supposed to do this. That lets you know how far away from the vision of our Heavenly Father we are. And so guess what? If they won't all do it, then the ones that will, will give you the grace for them all. And, and, and the very thing that I was afraid of immediately started happening. And all I can do is just, oh, well, I just do whatever. How many of y'all plan on going up? Amen. So, that's Jesus' attitude. He didn't say, well, you know, it's okay, disciples. I know you knew, and, and, you know, maybe we should just get some psychological help. Jesus was disgusted in the fact that they could not root out this evil out of the boy. He was so disgusted, he said, I don't even want to be around y'all. That's crazy. And somehow they think Jesus has changed his mind. I want you to think about Jesus' disgust when a family brings their child to a pastor and the pastor sends them to the psychiatrist and thinking that Jesus is pleased. Okay. And then telling me I'm crazy. You know, it's a cult. If this is a cult, this is going to be the greatest cult that you have ever seen. That's what people do is that when they don't, when they don't like your results and they don't get them, they just, they just got to tarnish you and just call you that you're a cult. And, okay, so, but that's all right. They, you're about to see a mighty cult. Luke 13. One Sabbath day as Jesus was teaching in the synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been bent double for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. He saw her, called over her, and said, Dear woman, you're healed of your sickness. He touched her, and instantly she could stand straight. Oh, how she praised God. You'd praise God, too, if you couldn't stand up for 18 years. But think about that. This is what you would call chronic disease. Something that's been there a long time. So there's, 
we don't know what this is and there's no remedy for it so you'll just have to deal with this yeah because it was never disease it was a creature and if the church would just simply say we're going to accept what the bible says that much of the sickness and disease that we see did not come from diet it came from devil but they don't want to embrace that because they're scared I wasn't scared of the devil when I couldn't cast him out. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but Mark 5, 15. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid, which lets you know that demons are behind insanity. Stuck up in the hospitals, sedated, on medication. And so now you have no life. You're on medication. You're isolated. And you're still demon-possessed. Hopeless. And uh, I don't know how the Lord is going to change that. Because you can see the society right now, they're trying to make it where if you don't medicate yourself to death, you are not allowed to operate in society. Even when we fly to, the, fly to Nigeria in a month, I got a they got to check us and see if we have, um, we got to get a COVID test three days before we leave. And it's weird because you got to do it in a window. It's got to be three days. So it has to be three days before you leave. So you can't do it too early and you can't do it too late because it takes one or two days for you to get the results. They're not instant. And so guess what? Now, so guess what I got to do? I got to now, because the Lord told me who to take, okay? And, and so now guess what I got to do? I gotta play the risk game. I gotta buy up the whole. I gotta buy the hotel room. I gotta buy the rental cars. I gotta buy the airline tickets. And guess what? Guess what? Fearful people do. Man, I ain't doing all that. What if? And y'all remember what happened if I didn't? Have, if I had done that last time? There's some things you all. Christianity, you got to live this on the edge. You got to buy up everything and say, see, that's faith in motion. Well, you know what? Guess what? I, I believe that I'm going to be corona free when I go on the trip. Buy the tickets then. Right. No, here you are going to get a check now to see if you're corona free. See, that's what most people do. I'm going to go get a test now to see if I should buy the ticket. But you're going to have to get another test. Yeah, but I need to check myself now. But you could get it later. How about you just skip all that and prove that you believe God by buying $10,000 worth of tickets? Whatever. You can't be around low-level folk when you're talking about doing great things for God. How many high-level folk did I got here? So that proves that demons are behind insanity. Matthew 8, 16. When the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his what? Word. And healed all that were sick. That's how you deal with them. It's through words. Not fighting them. Not trying to do jujitsu moves on them. Word. And if you ever run into it, it's usually very simple. These, these are pretty much the main things that we... For me, now, now when you get over into the inner healing and deliverance, the inner healing portion, that's much more strategic and detailed. That is just systematically 
with precision, just snapping their cords, just unraveling, snapping, unraveling, snapping. So by the time you get to the deliverance part, they really don't have much to hold on to. But, but, but that's just one side. There are some, you don't have time to take people through no session. You got to get them delivered first and then come back around with the session later. You know what I'm saying? And those can be a little bit more difficult, but you can have difficulties on the world. It just depends. All of them are different, you know. And so, um, uh, but typically it's, this, this is when Othali Turnbull is doing something. It's come out in the name of Jesus. Open your eyes in the name of Jesus because they'll close the person's eyes. They'll make it seem like they're going to. That's one thing demons love to do. They try to make it seem like they're ignoring you and the person is looking at you and then they just do this. And they won't even be nodding. They just kind of doze off to sleep. And it's usually I will take a moment to look at the team and say, look at this fool. Open your eyes in the name of Jesus. Open your eyes in the name of Jesus. I said, open your eyes in the name of Jesus. Just like that. You never can go past three. Remember that three rule? Okay. You never can go past three. Now, most of them do it the first time. Some will do it the second. If they don't do it the first and the second, by the time you get to the third, I don't know what that is. By the time you get to the third, 100% of the time so far, you say it the third time, and there's something forces them to open up their eyes. Okay? Come out in the name of Jesus. And no matter what they say, hold your ground. Whatever they say, think about a scripture to counteract them. You don't have a right to cast me out. You a lie and a half. Jesus said, see what I'm saying? You give them the word, they hate the word. And when you give them the word, they'll switch to something else. And they'll just lie. One told me that he was Lord and Jesus was his servant. Those are the really stupid ones. But you, got, you quote the word and then you listen for the Holy Spirit. And you have to be willing to stand your ground. Because I'm telling you, you're going to start running this in the public. Okay? And sometimes you may need to say, do y'all got a private room? Okay? This ain't no, no time to demonstrate in front of CNN. Because it might be two people being arrested, the person demon-possessed and you. But you have to learn how to, because how many you know that when Jesus did things, he didn't always do it publicly. He says he would take people away from the whole crowd. Or he did another one. He would kick everyone out the room. Everything is not meant to be done in front of everybody. Understand? Unless it can be a quick work. Okay? Sometimes you can do things quickly. And this is why you have to be developed when it comes to the word. The development is not to cast out demons. Development is to be on the frequency of hearing. You need to have a robust, spiritually sensitive spirit because the Holy Spirit will sometimes give you cues. And then, now, in public, there'll be a grace to make it move fast. In private, sometimes the Lord will let it go on so they can learn lessons. We didn't realize that at first because the Lord will let it go on and he, we were learning so many lessons and then when we would get to the end of ourselves, the grace of God would kick in and then boom, we will come empowered and then the thing would have to go. Okay, so that's pretty much with me is just quoting the word, commanding them to come out, and whatever they say to me, I say, that's a lie. This is what the word said. That's a lie. This is what the word said. They want you to argue with them because as long as you argue with them, that's no power. There's no power in arguing. There's only power in the word. You know what I'm saying? So if it happens to you, you don't have to be no expert calling me on the phone. People do that all the time, calling me at 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, we got a demon problem. Uh, you know why you're going to have to figure it out? Because I didn't answer the phone. I was counting sheep. I just did. There's a girl. She came out of great darkness. Great darkness. 
and she's improving and improving little bit by little bit by little bit by little bit little bit no man has ever done her right in her life a little bit she had a situation where she had to she had to do something with someone i can't even let you know the nature of it because of how sensitive it is um has to do with kidnapping something and so uh, but long story short had to do with the individual who let's just put it in this category had a form of sickness and had to go to the hospital and this was very very serious and so she called me i need you to pray i said i'm not going to pray she said what i said i'm gonna give you one instruction i said i'm going to text you a scripture that says if two of you shall agree it shall be done not done in the future done right then okay i want you to help i want you to hear the word play if two of you shall agree it shall be done you understand what i'm saying if two of you will agree it shall be done not it shall be done in the future once y'all agree it's done once you agree it's at the end right there in other words the end of this thing was y'all agreeing y'all are y'all following me a little bit i said that's all you got to do i said i'm gonna quote i'm gonna send the scripture to you and i said i want you to go in the room and i said i want you to lay hands on the person and say hey my crazy pastor sent the scripture and he said all we had to do was agree and that God would do it. So and he told me what to say. So, Father, in Jesus' name, you said that if her and I would agree, it would be done. So I lay hands on her, and we thank you that it's done. That's all her told her to say. She did it, and it was done. She texted me back. She said, oh, my God, it worked. And then guess what? I texted her. I said, now you understand that you have power with your Heavenly Father, just like I have power with my Heavenly Father. And then she texts back, I get that now. It is the folk that are most ignorant that sometimes can get the the greatest result. Because they just follow the simple command. Versus I give you the simple command and you're thinking about what your last pastor said. And how much revelation points that you need from Lionheart Church. And the last two books that you read on the subject. And the last times that you failed. Sometimes it's the new people that ain't even completely righteous yet. Still got some sin in their life, but they don't have a record of failure in that area. <laughs> so they'll get a result better than us. Because after all, uh, the disciples weren't saved, and the people that they weren't getting healed weren't getting saved either. So, Matthew 25 41. It's the last scripture, and then we're out. The king will turn to those on the left and say, away with you, you cursed ones, and to the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. You know, it's, uh, Satan is so diabolically wicked, and what, and the Lord has, right now, the Lord has to watch Satan and his entire army, all of them right now are at work 100% trying to kill someone trying to corrupt someone, trying to pervert someone. And so God has to watch this until the planet reverts back to him. And all of the time that he's watching it, he's preparing hell for Satan. It says that it is prepared. This ain't some isolated place he's just going to send him to. No, God created this place for Satan because of what he's done to mankind. The problem is, though, is that if you don't accept your heavenly father through the son, Jesus Christ, 
you got to go to the same place. God does not send a man to hell. You chose to go there by rejecting Jesus. Okay. You don't even really go to hell for sin. How are you going to go to hell for something that's already paid for? You go to hell for rejecting Jesus Christ. It's a very, it's a very, very simple instruction. I had one girl that told me, I said, all you got to do is accept the Lord, believe it in your heart, and say this prayer. She said, why well, I got to say it? I said, oh, because you ain't ready. How stupid you got to be. Somebody about to save you from the pit of hell for eternity, and you asking a dumb question, why I got to say it. Let me ask you a question. That, that, this is not even as dumb. This is a less, a less level of dumb. But how many of you know that, that if I came to you and said, you in debt? Yeah. Because this is what salvation is. So, okay, you in debt? Yes. How much? 100000 Okay, well, I have decided to be a blessing and give you a billion dollars. Yeah, see, she already know. And in order for you to receive this billion dollars, all you got to do is say this one thing. I thank you for forgiving, for forgiving me of my 100,000 debt, and I take this billion dollars. And then you, like Dumbbell Jr., the cookie monster from Sesame Street, said, well, well I got to say it in order to get the billion dollars, because you're not ready. That's all it is. But so you know why she wasn't ready? Because Satan is at work in the hearts of those that don't believe. He was the one who prompted her to think that. That's how much respect you have for the one that died you, where you can't even say a word to accept what he did for you. Stay dead. And that's what I told her. And then walked away. I was sitting here arguing with you. You know what? I had an uncle. He told me. He used to say this all the time. He said, I'm not going to beg you to live. You either want life or you want death. Choose. And in case you're too stupid, the Bible says choose life. He said, I set before you an open door. He said, blessings or cursing, life or death. He said, but you got to choose. So technically, if you want to know the truth, God is both pro-life and pro-choice. He just tells you which way you should choose. I hope you all understood that. You got a right to choose. You can choose to do the right thing with a baby, and you can choose to do a wrong thing with a baby. But then God tells you, I'm giving you a choice, but so that you and your seed may live, make the right choice. But God always respects your choice. Always. You're just going to pay for your choice. How I many know uh, the choices that you're making for, uh, you're going to be willing to pay those because the paycheck for your choices are going to be wonderful from now on. So that's the thing with that, is that you need to be very, 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 very conscious, particularly as this ministry goes to the next phase. Satan will not be fighting against you. He will be warring against you because he understands more than we do what has happened in the spirit. It is the natural that catches up, catches up with the spirit. Bishop Oedipo told me something years ago. Not told me, I'm sorry. He said something. He said, the charismatics believe in sowing seed to connect to a man. He said, you don't use money to connect to a man in the spirit. He said, it's with your heart that you connect to a man. He said, that's why I never met Hagen and got his mantle. So, you know, charismatics turn everything into a money game. That's why they call them out charismaniacs. You know, they just speak in tongues with no manifestation and very prideful circles, you know. But, but I just want you to be conscious of that because if you're not careful, you'll find yourself being used to fight against Jesus. And I've been dealing with that a little bit.
Not a lot of it, as I say, but a little bit. I'm dealing with a couple of individuals who they don't know that Satan is using them to fight against me. The problem is I won't fight back. I'm too big to fight. Fighting against this machine is like trying, like I said, trying to throw a pebble up against a mountain. It's like an ant trying to out wrestle a lion. It's just not going to happen. And, and, and I want you all to make it and get your full reward. We're getting ready to create something glorious. But if you don't know how to deal with your enemy, okay, he will eventually use you, and then you will be set aside. But I don't expect anybody to be set aside in this arena. I don't expect anybody to be set aside online. And anybody that's stupid enough to join the devil, we feel very, very sorry for you. Let's go ahead and stand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we're going to move into this. You know, I'm teaching it, but we're going to incorporate it into our the lifestyle of our, uh, of our services. You know, some things that are mysterious. There are some people that God has gifted them in their hands. The Bible says lay hands on people. But there are some people that they have a special anointing in their hands. Um, my wife is one. She just has, you know, it was a first time visitor Sunday. I talked to her. Everything was good. For some reason, I felt led to have her talk to my wife. So I was talking to her. And she was like, I found out this church about another individual. And I really enjoyed it. And I want deliverance. And I already watched the video. And, and boom, boom, boom. And, and so I said, cool. So I just talked with her. And, and counseled her a little bit and I said but I want you to talk to my wife <laughs> you know and, 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 and by the time my wife was done with her all my wife did was take her by the hands and pray and the girl said I'm already delivered good grief she said I have a I mean it was just a long list of all of the things that happened but that's something that my wife has noticed is that it's just, it's just a gifting is that if she takes you by the hands is that whatever's there it just drops it just and it's just over and over and over and over again if I take you by the hands, it's not going to mean anything. You might be like you. People say, you have soft hands or you might need some lotion. It's not going to happen. You know, but there's some of you that you have that. And that's why in the services, you know, sometimes we hold hands and we pray that way in the spirit. And what happens is, is that the power multiplies and transfers from person to person to person to person. And more and more that happens in our services where people say that when we hold hands and pray, what was in them or on them left them. Um, because the devil can't deal with that surge of power like that. And so, so I'm very, very grateful. I'm very excited about where we are going. And so if there's anyone here um, that, uh, that uh, you want someone around you to lay hands on you, to be healed, just simply slip your hands up. And we're going to pray over you just for a moment. Just lift it up high. There, there may not be. Hey, there's one day that's coming very, very soon where the only people that will be sick will be first-time visitors. And you got to move into that. You got to move into that. You don't hit the bullseye the first time at the gun range unless it was by accident. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, I hit the bullseye. Yeah, let's try this again. Oh, I missed the next 20 times. Yeah, that was, okay, but you, Terry said that's me, okay? So you just keep shooting and you get better and you get better and then you become a sharpshooter. Same thing. And so that's what we're going into because that's what Jesus said. I don't care about what a preacher said. I don't care about what your mama said, your grandmother said. I don't care about what anybody said. All I cared about is what Jesus said. And if we focus on what Jesus said, who is he to deny the results of what he said? So I thought I saw somebody lift their hands. Oh, boom. All right, y'all turn around and go over there. 
Um, can't remember her name in the white sweater. Marissa, a couple of y'all go over there and just lay hands on her. Thank you, Lord God. Let's just lift our hands here and just pray. Come into agreement. Thank you, Lord God. Just begin to lay in your hands on her. I'll pray the prayer of faith over her. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, you said that if two of us would agree in regards to anything we would ask, it would be done. So we thank you that this is done. You said believers would lay hands on the sick and they would recover. So in the name of Jesus Christ, we come into agreement that as hands are laid upon our dear sister, we thank you, O oh Lord God, that whatever the enemy worked in her life is now worked out. Sickness and disease melts off like butter under fire. Thank you, O oh Lord God, that all forms of sickness, disease, illness, and infirmity are released from her body right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, Holy Spirit, those that have hands upon her now, we pray that you would let your power flow through those vessels right now to remove all sickness and disease. Thank you, O Lord God, for your power flowing right now. Thank you, O Lord God, for your power flowing like a river into her body right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, I give you thanks. I can see the anointing going on the inside of her body. Thank you, O Lord God. Thank you, O Father God. We are being poured in right now in the name of Jesus. Bring restoration and healing. Adjust everything that is wrong and make it right. Do an operation on her right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Surge her with your power and your love. Thank you that as the anointing goes in, it goes in like a heat-seeking missile and it destroys everything that is found in the pit of hell. Thank you, O Lord God, that her health right now springs forth speedily. And any person that is watching us online, if you need healing, lift your hands right now in the mighty name of Jesus and receive it, for there is grace in an area where we cannot touch you. Put your hand on the screen, put your hand on the computer, put your hand on the phone, and lift your other hand and say, Father, I receive into my body right now what is going on in that sanctuary because God is not moved by time or distance. We are getting testimonies every week now of people who are getting healed online. So receive that right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, O Lord God, for your healing power flowing. You said if two of us would agree concerning anything that we would ask, it would be done. And so now we lift our hands and give you thanks, O Lord God, that this thing is done. Sickness and disease has run its course. Today was the last day. It is done. Sickness and disease, illness and infirmity, viruses and infections are done on the inside of their body. And right now they are healed from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, renewed with new vigor and energy. And I thank you, O Lord God, for the testimony of it. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, O Father God. And then you leave rejoicing. One of the reasons why sometimes people will get healed not right in the service, but by the time they get home, is because there was a creature enforcing the sickness. And you give the command, he may try to stay, but then the angels show up. You do realize you got to obey their command, right? And then they leave and then boom. That's why you just keep God giving, giving God thanks. Keep giving God thanks. Amen. Glory to God. Just a couple of